Welcome back, you guys, to Popping Perfectionism. Welcome back. We're so glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. It's been a minute, and I know we say that like every... (laughs) I know, we just... Every time we release an episode. <laughs> Let's just, like, do we just set the expectation that they're going to be sporadic so <laughs> you don't feel the need to apologize? <laughs> like, Honestly, at this point, you guys should expect it's like that on your own. <laughs> Learn to be grateful when we release. <laughs> You're so toxic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so hot and cold with you guys. But we are back. We um, are back. Every time we say that, we have, you know, reasons, traveling, family stuff. All those things happened mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Traveling, family stuff, things. Good things. Things. But <laughs> today we are we are on episode four, five, five, episode five of our mm-hmm. romantic relationship series, which is yes. very exciting. And Alicia and I have both had the, the fun thing about the series is we kind of apply and talk about things and then immediately apply and talk about them in our own lives because yeah, absolutely right. Like we're very active in the, the dating scene right mm-hmm. now, romantic relationship scene. Um, and we're also perfectionists, like uh-huh. still learning and still trying to navigate this perfectionist identity that we come here and talk about all the mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. it's so funny because I was talking to my boyfriend, Eli, about the podcast and or no, no, no. We were just talking about like perfectionist struggles and like struggles that I'm having. And he's like, I know a great podcast that talks <laughs> about all of these issues you're talking about. Swap. It's called Popping Perfectionism. <laughs> I'm like. You're right. You're right. So sometimes I honestly have to re-listen. Yeah. Because it's easy to like basically do what we say, not as we do. Yeah. And also Eli, <laughs> he's he's going to die. So we put in like dating tips. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was our last episode, but one of them was just not to ghost people and just be like upfront, Right. Yeah. And he called me out so hard because I have totally ghosted people before him included. <laughs> After our first date, I didn't talk to him for like a week. And I totally forgot about that. Like, That's so awesome. I w- it wasn't intentional. I just had like a lot going on. I mean, maybe it, maybe it was. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he was like, dude, you were lying. You need to clear the air. Like you totally do. I'm like, okay, you're right. Sometimes I've, I've ghosted. I've ghosted a few times in my day. Okay. But like <laughs> there are times where I haven't and I've actually said what I'm advising, advising the audience to do. So basically just do again, do as we say, not as we do. Learn from our mistakes. Okay, Eli, I know I've ghosted people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I ghosted you that one time. <laughs> Just this public <laughs> public confession. I freaking love it. But yeah, it's been fun to I guess fun is a light word. It's been interesting to see like how these things play into our own lives. Speaking mm-hmm. of love lives, you guys. What? I got a boyfriend yeah! since the last <laughs> podcast episode. And then I broke up with him. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> after 10 days. I know, you, learning. Learning, learning. experience. Okay, here's the thing. I'm s- there's a pattern. My first boyfriend, five days. Second mm-hmm. boyfriend, 10 days. Dude. Third boyfriend, 20. Who's the lucky? Who? Who's, who's going to be the 20-day hey. guy? Uh, hey, if anyone's listening, you want to be my 20-day <laughs> man. I've got, just, I've got an opening now. You know it has the expiration date. <laughs> 20 days. That's It'll be the best 20 <laughs> days of your dang life. I guarantee it. Um, but I just thought that was kind of funny because yeah. the last t- the last episode we talked about like or maybe the episode before we talked about like i talked pretty heavily about like i'm very intimately aware of how being single is and like relationships don't come very easy to me and like mm-hmm. i'm not planning on it happening anytime soon and then between literally the last episode and this one i fully got and broke up with someone in yeah. that time frame so and learned a lot like learned a about lot. yourself and you know like relationships are hard period 
Like yeah. Eli and I have yeah. hard times too. And we have such wonderful times. And today we're talking about rejection and feedback in Oof. relationships. And I think this is something, I mean, you and I both like can personally just resonate with in, you know, and me like a lot with feedback in the relationship and growing and learning and learning about each other and learning how to talk through differences and different things and learning about one another. And then obviously like rejection relationships ending like there can be even rejection in relationships like Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. certain things so yep yep anyway and i gave a great analogy about what what was it from so it's from a book called radical candor by Mm -hmm. kim scott and it the the whole premise of the book is basically that we should all be more candid with each other so much so that it should be radical how how candid we are so like almost extreme and she makes this really amazing analogy where she says you know giving someone lovingly giving someone feedback or or um yeah i guess i guess feedback because critique would be too harsh in my opinion Mm -hmm. giving someone feedback is the same as telling someone that there's something in their teeth and haven't you always anytime anyone's ever told you there's something in your teeth you're like oh my gosh thank you for telling me you know and it always is kind of awkward and it's uncomfortable kind of sucks to have to be the person to tell someone i don't know why that is but i always hate to be that person but like anytime someone's told me i'm like thank you my gosh i was about to go out the rest of the night Mm-hmm. looking like this and um for perfectionists th- these moments of of often loving feedback that we get from people isn't received that way right it's not received as a oh my gosh thank you for telling me about this blind spot i had i had no idea it is like oh my gosh i am the worst like i'm so embarrassing i'm so embarrassing i can't believe i didn't check my teeth before how long is that but like it's just uh, the spiral of embarrassment and like what has everyone else thought about this yes and like in taking that feedback not as like a loving moment of connection but like as an attack and also it's like alicia actually had mentioned this earlier it's not just like oh my gosh i'm so embarrassed you know not just is there something in my teeth i i am the something in my teeth right like there's something wrong with me but also you think no one else has ever had anything in their teeth everyone else's teeth look perfect all the time like (laughs) I'm the only person in the entire world who's had something in their teeth. Like, that's how a perfectionist views feedback, right? It's like, I'm the only person in the world who's annoying or embarrassing yeah. or whatever. And it can be so easy to take feedback personally when you're a perfectionist. Because yeah. also, as a perfectionist, and specifically around self-oriented perfectionism, everything is about you when you're yep. in that mindset. Whether that's, like, a victim mindset or I'm the best or whatever it is. Like, I'm better than everyone or I'm worse than everyone, or everyone's thinking about me, or whatever. It's very much centered around you. So perfectionists would take that feedback personally, maybe feel really awkward about it, instead of like, wow, how kind of that person, and laugh about it. Laugh yeah, because for self-oriented perfectionism, the world revolves around others' opinion of you, negative mm-hmm. or positive, right, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's 100%. And I looked up the definition for candid, and it's an adjective, and it says outspoken, open, and sincere, free from reservation, disguise, um, that says informal, unimposed, honest, but I really liked this definition of free from disguise. I like that a lot too. Like it's not hiding anything. It's just, it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I, I think also in this book, Anna had mentioned that the author says the highest form of love and care is candor. Yeah. Which is so cool. But perfectionists don't take candor as love. They take it as a tax. But because of this, perfectionists can also struggle to love because they can't be candid. They struggle to allow themselves to be seen, them true, their true selves, without disguise, without whatever it might be, 
and they struggle to love. This is something that I have had a really like hard realization mm-hmm. with th- this past week that it's like perfectionism has totally screwed me over when it comes to relationships, whether that be like friendships or my relationship with Eli or my family perfectionism has created this like shield around me where it literally protects me from harm or whatever it might be but in a way it totally doesn't because that shield is also the very thing that's harming me so bad and keeping away love and connection yeah and one thing like one thing I've struggled to do in a romantic relationship and in friendships too so I'm just going to say relationships is allow myself to candidly be seen without Mm -hmm. disguise without whatever rehearsal yeah without Mm -hmm. rehearsal out of fear of what it might be received as or fear of rejection yep yep or people not perceiving you the like exact way that you want to be perceived because that's what perfectionism protects right is other people's perception of you totally and like when it one thing that could be like on on the outside looking in that could be hard to talk about is my divorce Mm-hmm. but I'm great at talking about my divorce and being open about it because I've processed it so much and it's like comfortable for me to talk about. Okay, so yeah. some people might see that as really vulnerable, but for me, like sometimes that's not super vulnerable because I am comfortable talking about it. Yeah. It's like so rehearsed like or curated vulnerability. Totally. Not totally. that it's not, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously something very close to home for mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. but it's not something that's messy. You've polished it. Yeah. It's something know? that's like easy to be candid through yeah yeah yeah. because i'm not in it right now yes so anyway just a realization perfectionism has done me dirty oh it's screwed us all over yeah for sure yeah because i've i've resonated with that a ton of times right where Mm -hmm. it's like you know all of my relationships are going the way i want them to and i actually was like literally crying to alicia about this like two weeks ago where i was like i don't feel like anyone in my life knows me Like, I don't feel like I'm truly known by anyone or truly seen by anyone. And is anyone really, who knows, right? That's like a whole thing. But, but a huge part of that is because I'm a perfectionist and because I only let people get as close to me as I'm comfortable with them seeing me as. Does that sentence make sense? Like, I'm only, I'm only comfortable with them being as close as, as far as I have control, right? Mm -hmm. Over what they're perceiving me as. And, um... I think that that with this, with with perfectionism and rejection and everything, there's also a really um, hopefully relatable side of that where we also don't like being the rejectors, which is why we ghost people like not like we, but why people Mm -hmm. ghost people. Right. You don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to be the one to reject or whatever. And it can be really hard to be that way because you don't want to be perceived as the bad guy. You don't want to hurt other people, which is a great thing. But obviously we know that being honest and candid is more important than and it's more loving than not saying something exactly yeah, yeah exactly um and i just know like i've had really hard conversations with people before where i've had to remind myself afterward like it wasn't my job to have that conversation perfectly it was my job to have that conversation mm-hmm. honestly yeah like li- sorry that sounded like i was saying have that conversation honestly but like to honestly have that conversation and very rarely is honesty not messy right you know yeah and in thinking about being candid like if you're taking a candid photo right it's like not posed Uh it's just of the moment it is what it is and sometimes they can turn out to be the coolest pictures and sometimes they're not they're just like funny and whatever but it's candid you can't like 
you can't piece together how a hard conversation might go or an uncomfortable conversation might go because you can't control the other person and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think my a lot of how perfectionism functions for me is like protecting people's feelings because it's like, oh, what if I hurt their feelings by saying this? It's like, no, nah, you kind of kind of got to say it anyway. You yeah, know? Cause yeah, totally. And I think an important mindset shift around feedback and is is to understand that feedback is trying to make the relationship work. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to tear down the relationship. It's not trying to or tear down the person or the person. Not trying to like make it worse. Not trying to end it. You can end it if you want to. That's not necessarily feedback. That's just like ending it. But it's just feedback is I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but giving feedback in a relationship, specifically a romantic relationship, is is effort to like make it work. And um, I think it's also a sign that people care. Yep. Right. Like they care, they want to make it work and that they're willing to step into that realm of discomfort to discuss how to make it work. Yes. Yes. And I, I have a friend who had to have, it wasn't a romantic relationship. He was trying to mend. It was a friendship, but he said this really beautifully to the person he was talking to. He said, if I didn't care about our friendship, I would really just distance myself and not try and have a dialogue with you. And I just loved how he said that because often with perfectionists, again, it can come off as a tax. It can come off as we immediately tie that feedback to our identity, to our lovability, to our worth. And when really it's no, it's not any of those things. It's that there's another person in our life who is wanting to make it work with us. And this Mm -hmm. is what needs to happen for it to work for them. And we, you know, it takes a long time to get out of that mindset of attaching it to our identity. Um, But again, like if someone didn't care, they would just keep their distance. Mm -hmm. And I really, sorry Mm -hmm. to hop back for a second. You got it. I really love what you talked about with candid photos. Um, As you were talking about that, I was thinking it is very hard to replicate a candid photo. It is so easy to replicate. Like someone could take the same posed photo a million times, but to replicate candidacy, candidness, a candid photo, candidacy, um, that's really hard. And I think that that says a lot also about candid conversations, right? They're not posed. They're not polished. They're not, you know, maybe they're a little rehearsed beforehand. Who doesn't do that? But it's very hard to replicate those true moments of connection because they're true moments of connection. Right. And like some of the most, like the best candid photos are so precious. Yes. Like they're so, because it takes you back like to that moment and you're almost like in that moment again and you can feel it and you can see it. And I feel like that's really similar with candid conversations. Like for like, I can think on, I can think of a few conversations Eli and I've had that are very candid and uncomfortable and difficult, but some of the greatest moments for connection. Mm-hmm. I can also think of that with like my family, like even my ex-husband having deep conversations, like just with people, with strangers, like whatever it might be. But candid, like it's not rehearsed, but for that reason, it's so precious. And you can like go back in your mind to the feeling of that moment and how that conversation made you feel and how it tied you to that person. But I can't think of a curated conversation that makes me feel that way. Yeah. Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting too, because we, with rejection and being rejected, a big reason why it's so hard for perfectionists is because the second you get it rejected, your brain is going to say, oh, well, if we would have been perfect, they would have kept us around, right? It goes back, it taps into abandonment issues again, where it's like, well, maybe if, and maybe not even necessarily perfect, but if we would have done more of this or less of this or been this way, whatever, um, they, they would have kept us around. They would have wanted us. And 
that is really dangerous because like what Alicia was just talking about, you can't connect to perfect. So even if you would have been perfect, that still doesn't guarantee someone to want you around. No, people don't you know? want perfect. They like don't. They can't connect to it. No. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. And I think another thing with rejection is to do role reversal. And I've been rejected before. So it's like, and was it because I wasn't perfect? Like, no, not, not necessarily because no one's perfect. I've also done the rejecting pe- people part. That yeah. was hard to <laughs> say for some reason. I've rejected people before too. And it was not because they weren't perfect. It's just, it was because of other factors like not being interested or bad timing or just like an awkward uh, situation. Like it just doesn't, you know, necessarily work out. But rejection can also just be taken as feedback, as information. Mm -hmm. It's not anything personal about you, (laughs) even though it's really hard to like think that way. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's literally just feedback. And I think one of the most freeing thoughts is to think, like to know that really nothing's about you. Yes. And anything anyone says to you, that's like kind of hard. And this might not be totally true because you could, maybe you're like a total jerk and people are trying to tell you and, and you're you like, need to know. Yeah, and you're like, are you just insecure or something? No, are it's you about projecting? you. <laughs> yeah. But I think for the most part, things are really not about you. It's about other people and like how they're feeling. If someone's giving you feedback about needs and boundaries or something that hurt them, it's about them feeling hurt. Yes. It's about where they're coming from. Like they are opening up to share part of themselves with you it's not about you yeah 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 I think like like an example of this would be if you're in a romantic relationship and someone one of the partners says like I need I don't know like I need us to to talk more often right Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean the other partner's bad at talking right doesn't mean or that they're a bad partner this person like you said is actually opening up and being vulnerable which is a very vulnerable thing to do to state your needs and saying like this is something I need. This has much more to do with my insecurities and my needs Mm -hmm. than it does about you as a partner. Um, So, and like Alicia said with that, should you take everything everyone says as, Oh, it's just them projecting. No, of course not. Like we should have a decent amount of self-awareness too. Right. But that, that's helped me before. Like what you said, that's helped me kind of distance myself from rejection. And I think I, I'm the queen of taking things personal. (laughs) And um, I think like, it's it's interesting to sit in that thought of like why am I taking this personally like why do I think this is about me when it's not and um, I think it goes back to like a lot of insecurities so if you're struggling to like if you're struggling with taking things personally try and like take yourself out of your body and literally just think about the person like it's a good way to practice a lot of empathy but it's really hard mm-hmm. yeah i've j- also just go to therapy you guys go to fetching therapy <laughs> it was so we're funny begging you i was talking to eli this week and we were just you know the game where it's like he's a 10 or she's a 10 but whatever yeah and then i was just like okay hear me out he's a four but goes to therapy <laughs> oh, ten. <laughs> yeah. and then eli's like what if he's a 10 and doesn't go to therapy i'm like a one <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, awesome i love it me. And I, I think with that, like taking rejection as information rather than as an attack or something like that, um, I think also we fear rejecting because of the, how we're being perceived, right? Um, but again, it's not your job 
it's not and you could fill the blank in with anything right it's not your job to reject someone perfectly it's your job to be honest it's not your job to break up with someone perfectly it's your job to be honest it's not your job to ask for your needs perfectly it's your job to be honest and again honesty is often very messy and so it's coming to terms with accepting that when you have these hard conversations whether you're rejecting or giving feedback or whatever it is you're probably not going to do it perfectly mm-hmm. and you can't control how that's going to change how someone views you. You can only control how honest you're being. Yeah. You know? And we say this like knowing that we are working on it as well. That I pretty much suck at it. Yeah. It's h- yeah, because it's hard. It's hard. It's like really it's hard. so easy to sit and say like, oh, be honest, but then try sharing something with someone that does not make you look good Ooh. at all. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. And I told Anna the other day, I was like, okay, I want to practice being more candid and being more vulnerable. So I'm going to say something that makes me look really gross. <laughs> like when, what did I say? You said that when you were little, you'd bite your toenails Oh off. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to say it. I, I have to say it because I'm practicing being candid. When I was younger, I would literally bite my toenails off. Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> oh my gosh. She's literally, you I wish guys, you guys could see her. I'm, she's full body I'm, cringing okay. right now. Yeah, I was like just curling in myself. She that was like why? fetal position when she said that. And I'm like blushing. I'm like getting hot. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is good. This is good for me. Okay. <laughs> and I love that actually that you did that because then I said something vulnerable back yeah, too. And did. it was honestly a good moment where I was like, I'm going to tell her something about me that sucks. And that when I Anna hide. told me too, I was like, doesn't change how I view her. Did, did my toenail thing change how you view me? Yeah, a little. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But I think with that too, and Alicia and I were talking about this when we were we were uh, planning this out earlier. Um, perfectionists want to keep good opinions of everyone, right? Like that's why like you're protecting yourself from someone having a bad opinion about you. And a huge arc of the perfectionist journey to connectionism is accepting the fact that not everyone and probably the majority of everyone is not going to love you like is not going to to love you to a deep enough level where that love trumps your flaws and your insecurities right and we are talking about how like perfectionists want the good opinion of everyone almost to the point of where it's not really love or care but it's like admiration Mm -hmm. like they want to keep the good graces of everyone and to admire them Um, Well, and we don't really care about our opinion of them. We care about their opinion of us. It's about us. Yes, they want other people to admire them. Yeah, the perfectionist wants to be admired rather Mm -hmm, than, like, mm -hmm. actually seen or known or loved or cared for. And, again, getting to connectionism is accepting that as you heal more and, and face that more and accept the dark parts of yourself more, it's going to shave off people from your life until you're down to, you know, usually a pretty small group of people who will love you at that level. And those mm-hmm. are the people you should cling on to and put energy into rather than trying to k- control the opinions of everyone you know. Yeah, you know, it's exhausting. And yeah. Doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. And I think uh, Anna and I were in just planning this episode made me think of a situation with my brother. My brother, my little brother loves cars, loves them. And he works as a mechanic on like um motor sports like atvs Mm -hmm. um dirt bikes motorcycles whatever and he could just talk about it all day and wants to show me car videos and whatever and he gets home and he loves playing like his car video game before bed and whatnot and like he's so passionate about it i don't care about cars (laughs) like as long as it gets me from point a to point b and it has awesome air conditioning (laughs) and maybe like a sunroof that would be awesome (laughs) 
Like <laughs> I, I really don't mind that much, but because he cares so much about it, it's like, okay, I want like when he talks to me about it, I care to listen to him and care to yeah. like give into that. And Anna was sharing pretty much the exact same experience with your friend. And we want to find those people that don't, they care about you enough to just listen to what you're saying, not even how you're saying it or what, or you're why saying. you're saying it yeah. or what you're saying it, but they care about you and that you are saying it. Yes. It's not even like what you're saying. I mean, you're listening to that. Like I'm trying to listen to my brother about cars, but it's the fact that it's my brother <laughs> like yes. that I love. And he's like telling me about something that he loves. So then I want to listen to that thing. Yes. And, and the majority of people are not going to feel that way about you. And that for a perfectionist mm-hmm. is killer because you're like, that's rejection, right? That's rejection. And I love, and you can take over this part if you want to, but okay. I wanted to make sure we talked oh about, yeah. um, we have, we have two professors that we had at UVU, Dr. Polly and Dr. Munns, and they started a consulting business together and they said something so interesting about communication that Alicia mm-hmm. had shared earlier. So she, um, Dr. Jordan Allen had said, oh yeah, Jordan Allen. Did you say Polly? Was totally it Jessica Polly? It, um, it's Alan. Dr. Oh, it's Alan. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's my bad. Dr. Alan. So she, um, she was saying how there's a misconception with communication that good communication means it's clear, direct, and concise. Use as few words as possible. Very like to the point done. That is good communication. When in reality, good communication is just getting the message across in whatever way it needs to getting a message from the sender to the receiver and just seeking that understanding and how you do that might depend on the content of that message if it's a message that maybe is very time time sensitive and revolves around business or something and it needs to be concise sure sure Mm -hmm. but like what about someone communicating their their story or their deep feelings or their fears or their wants or their dreams or desires like nothing constitutes that as like how am I trying to say this how you share that message isn't like good or bad it's just that you share it in a way that's that does it justice for the center that's true to right? you yes, yes thank you I yes. feel like I was no you're good that. no you're good yeah uh, did, totally. did I cover anything because we, yeah, we no, talked about exactly it earlier what so it I can't remember everything yeah. I said and, and like to say like to what your brother you know your, your brother talking about cars and like my friend who also talks about a lot of things like that too that they should I talk don't care about <laughs> yeah they should be friends maybe they'll talk to each other just kidding <laughs> but like they don't like I don't care for, for these people in my life who I love about I don't care that they're long-winded I don't care that they repeat themselves or that they talk too fast or like I don't care about any of that I just care that they love something and I want to hear about what they love because I love them, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and so like what you were just saying, like, as long as it's true to them and they're sharing a piece of themselves with me, I don't care how messy it is. I don't care how ugly it is or non-polished or whatever it is. Like, I just want to hear it because I love mm-hmm. them. Yes. And so all, all of that is to be said to find those people like that. And to find those people, you have to cut out or at least let the other people fade. Yes. And their and opinion. And you have to stumble through things to find Oof. out who cares, who's listening, Oof. who cares about you enough to just hear what what you are trying to say. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that if everything you say is like curated and perfect and easy to listen to. Yeah. Because and then you're not you're not blessing someone with that opportunity of accepting you and seeing you and loving you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the hard part about figuring out who's listening is that you're going to have to watch some people stop listening. Yeah. And that hurts. That does hurt. And that, that hurts. That sucks. But that's what that's and it hurts because we're perfectionists. And I think even like people care sometimes like they care a lot, but they 
struggle to listen because again with like people and with relationships you're working with someone else's trauma you're working with someone else's experience Mm -hmm. with someone else's insecurities and sometimes Mm -hmm. they like trigger each other they dance with each other so it's it's hard like and i think the most important thing is trying in giving feedback in a relationship just try just stumble through it in receiving feedback just listen to it try not to take it personal just just try like the effort of the effort will just put you push you through and practice will make better (laughs) practice will make more regular more normal and less maybe less uncomfortable i don't know I yeah. don't know if it ever gets I don't less know if it uncomfortable. Ever gets, I, I think it's less uncomfortable. I don't know if it ever gets comfortable. Yeah. It's in that little middle zone, probably. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't figured yeah. it out yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're still in the middle <laughs> like, of it. Absolutely. With not. all of you guys. Yeah. Totally. Trying for sure. Totally. Totally. Um, we forgot to organize some takeaways. <gasps> Do you want to just think of some? Takeaways? Will you, uh, <coughs> takeaways? Oh, you. That's so awesome. Thank you so much been so long okay i'm gonna say the first one is that the highest form of love is candor so show love by giving candor is that can i say that oh heck yeah and then also when someone is candid with you take that as love and care yes yes one thousand percent um take rejection as information Mm -hmm. that's all it is it's not an attack on you your identity your worth is information and context Yes. For number three. (laughs) Number three, I'll say in being candid, don't worry. Just like a candid photo. Don't worry about where you're putting your arms. Don't worry about Mm -hmm. how you're how you should turn your body. Just like just be. And when you're communicating things that are difficult for you, just just try and stumble through. Don't think about how you might be perceived, how this person might receive it. Just focus on sharing what you're trying to share in a way that's true to you. And you'll naturally find those people that care enough to listen. Yes. Your job is to be honest, not polished. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining. We have guys. to end on that note. We have that to. That was really good. We have to. <laughs> Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks mm-hmm. for being here. We, listen, we're going to break your hearts again, but we will try to get back on a regular schedule. <laughs> we will. We'll get there. We'll just yeah. share as, as they come. And yeah. we hope that you always enjoy them. If you do, please leave a rating and a review. We'd love really to helps. see it. We us perfectionists love validation (laughs) (laughs) please give it to us (laughs) so cringe oh i love it well we'll see you next time thanks again for listening my name's alicia my name's anna and And this this is popping Popping perfectionism